Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Over the airwaves, you're listening to J.C. Hawks Radio. Also part of the network is the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson that can be heard every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Coach Stone Podcast that can be heard twice a month on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's been a while since I've been on. I want to say September was the last time I was on live. And uh, tonight on the show, we are actually going to have Donita Hines, owner and quarterback of the Music City Misfits, along with Coach Don Ragsdale head coach of the Music City Misfits. Also joining us will be Randall Fields of the NADF, which is the North American Development Football, which will be officially kicking off summer of 2019. And the NADF looks to serve as a development system for young girls between the ages of 14 to 18. Just to give you some information on how to reach me, you can email me at jc at jchawks.com. You can follow us on Twitter at JC underscore Hawks, or you can follow me on Facebook at JC Hawks Radio. And uh, the chat room is now open. You can go to the chat room at radio.jchawks.com. And it also serves as a blog. So if you hadn't uh, listened to any of the shows, the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson or Coach Stone Podcast or JC Hawks Radio, you can actually go on the website, radio.jchawks.com. Dot com, and in that, you'll see the chat room. You'll see uh, posts of upcoming shows. And uh, so just, just check that in. And we actually have the chat room open. In fact, there's a question that I'll probably answer from Stephanie in a, in a few moments. Um, in fact, let me answer that right now real quick because it's good, uh, our guests are going to be coming in at five minutes after the hour, uh, Coach Ragsdale and Donita Hines will be coming in at five minutes after the hour, and Randall Fields will be coming in at 30 minutes after the hour. So we'll give those a few minutes. So the question from Stephanie is, how did you start out in women's football? Well, Stephanie, uh, thanks for answering, asking that email. Um, I used to play for the Sacramento Sirens back in 2006 and 2007. And that's how I started playing. That's how I got involved in football. And then I started doing a radio show called Women's Football Talk back in 2006 to 2012. And I took some time off, and then I decided to restart up a show, J.C. Hawks Radio. And uh, it actually dealt with women's tackle football. But at the time when I first started it, 
it was going to deal strictly with the USWFL because I was just getting back into the, you know, doing radio talk shows. It's been a while, and I wanted to get back into back into women's football. So I started doing that, and then I I, um, I had given up uh, WFB talk back in 2012, like I said, and I, I kind of turned it over to Oscar Lopez of Gridiron Beauties, and then now he starts his own show, Gridiron Beauties, so you can listen to him every Tuesday night on Vlad Talk Radio. Okay, let me check in. Okay, it looks like we have Donita and Don Ragsdale on the line. Let me unmute them. Hello, Don. Donita? Hey, how you doing? Hi. I'm doing pretty good. Oh, thanks for calling in so early. I appreciate it. Um, I was just kind of trying to get back into the swing of things. It's been a while since I was on my own show. I think the last time you two were on the show was the last guest I had back in September. Oh, okay. That's been a while. So, yeah, it's been a while. So I'm trying to get, like I said, I'm trying to get back in the swing of things and uh, and hopefully start doing the show again maybe twice twice a month back together. But uh, I want to oh, go over some questions that we – that we covered last last time you were on. So again, this is Donita Hines, owner and quarterback of the Music City Misfits, Misfits and head coach Don Ragsdale. So I kind of want to cover some questions I actually covered, just in case people didn't hear you the last time. So there's three questions I wanted to cover. So either of you can answer. Um, who are the Music City Misfits, and why did you decide to start a team? That's you you want to answer, Don? That's right. I can answer that. Um, actually, um, the Music City Misfits kind of came from actually kind of like two different teams that we used to have. Um, we used to be the Nashville Smashers, and then um, we kind of transitioned into the Southern Valkyries. And then after that was uh, – bit of a mess, I won't lie, and uh, <laughs> a couple of girls on my team uh, was like, you know, you were the general manager and pretty much everything ran through you, they were like, well, you know, if you started the team, we'd play for you, you know, and it, we, I kind of stumbled upon it, <laughs> you know, by doing it. Um, what was the second question? I forgot the second one. Is why did you decide to start the team? Who are okay. you, and why um, did you just start to start? <laughs> uh, well, um, actually, when we were starting out, we were going to start um, – we wanted to do Little League. Um, we wanted to have a girls' youth league. And um, we had came up with a name, and uh, it was uh, the Misfits. And um, we had – took a couple of months, and we were putting stuff together for that. And then we decided that, you know – if we're going to have a little girls team, then what are we giving them to play up to? Mm-hmm. So we figured what we would do instead was we'd still keep the name. Um, at first, our logo kind of started off looking like a Monster High doll. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we kind of changed it a little bit. Still, it's got the bow and all that stuff. and kind of looks a little girly looking, but we put more of like a skull uh, as far as the logo. And um, uh we uh, got the the women's team going, so uh, that way when we have our girls' camps, which we have in the summer, 
um, we have young girls come out and we teach them how to play football and whatnot. And um, it's from middle school down to about seven or eight. And that way, as they go on, we kind of keep up with them. And once they get about 18, you know, we kind of check back in on them and see, you know, if they would, you know, would like to play for us. Okay. That, yeah, you were talking about the girls' camps that you that you held. Did you have any? You had some this year already. Yes, or mm-hmm. we had uh, one. Oh no, we had one in June this year. Oh, June of this year. The, okay, June of so last I got a question. We'll have one in June of this oh. year. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have one in June of this year. So, t- mm-hmm. Donita, tell us about your career in football and when you actually started. Oh boy. <laughs> I started in 05. <laughs> I started in 05 with the National Dream. And that was back when it was the NWFA uh, before it turned into the WFA. Um, I played with them for a few years. And then I switched over to the IWFL and played with a team called the Clarksville Fox. Uh, I played with them for a while. And then once that kind of faded away a little bit um I, I stopped playing for a little while and then a full of the girls I used to play with was uh, talking about a team called the Nashville Smashers that one of the ladies who used to play on the dream had started I went to play for them um she had um ended up getting cancer so um she uh wanted someone to take over the team for her and she didn't want to just give it away to anybody so we had uh, bought it from her and that's how we turned into the Southern Valkyries so uh, now we're the Misfits so I have been playing since 2005. Wow how about you yeah. Don what, uh, <laughs> what is your what is your coaching experience and then how did you actually get involved in women's football? Well I was uh, helping with the Smashers um, you know after she had joined the team they needed some help coaching uh, come in and put together the offense. Uh, I think we started about a month before the season had started. Um, mm-hmm. Got out there and uh, basically about 30 minutes before kickoff of the very first game, the owner came into the locker room and told me I was the head coach. The other guy didn't show up and, and I was the guy. And I mean, uh, it's kind of went from there it was, you know, kind of a culture shock type of deal or whatever, but, you know, kind of managed it. So I've <laughs> been having a, having a lot of fun ever since. Well, okay, so those are the three questions I wanted to ask you guys. I know you covered them in the last interview, and for those that want to listen, I'm going to upload it. I'll put it actually put it on the show notes for the last interview that you had. I kind of want to ask some questions okay. that I didn't ask you before. Um, you finished last season with five and three, okay, but we never talked about when you won the 2016 Ladies American Football League Championship. Tell us, tell us about that. That was a that was an interesting deal. Uh, it was eight man football. Uh, of course, the the league itself is not around anymore. And as far as I know, there's not any eight man leagues uh, in women's football anymore. I believe that was the last one. Um, so it was uh, it was a real good experience for us. Um, one of the things that we heard a lot of while we were doing eight man football was, you know, that's not real football and. I'm here to tell you whoever's going to say that is they they don't know what they're talking about because that's probably more football than 11 man football is. Uh, you got to be a state. 
that's what I don't understand because six there's six man football, eight man football. You have the same. You just have less positions. You just you have the same. Uh, what do I want to say? Same positions, but you just have less men. You still have to follow through the same way. Yeah, and plus, you know, because there's fewer people on the field, there's a lot more room to cover. So you you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta be in shape, you gotta be able to run and and hit. And you know, to me, it was a good experience uh, for just the fact that you know showed us that uh, you know it, it takes more than just you know having a bunch of people on one side of the ball and and <laughs> you know blitzing the hell out of somebody and and and. You got to actually, uh, you got to have some some skill out there. You got to be able to tackle in space and 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 do some things like that. So uh, it was a good experience, I think. Mm-hmm. And how many games did you play for the, that season? I believe it was six. I believe it was six or seven. It might have been seven six with the championship seven. game, but I, yeah, can't really remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Now you have your final tryout coming uh, February third. Are you expecting a greater turnout? Yeah, uh, the interesting thing about it is, you know, uh, Nashville just recently got a, uh, you know, a lingerie, or I guess they don't call it that. They call it the Legends Football League now. Uh, the Nashville Knights that started up here, and they recently have done their uh, tryouts, uh, and we feel like there's going to be a few of those young ladies who didn't make that squad come over and, and try out for our team. Got a few spots left. Uh, you know, it's not a matter of we're taking anybody. You know, we need people who are serious, committed, you know, dedicated, uh, people who want to learn how to play football and become good football players. So did you get your, your expected amount? Remember last, last time we talked, you had said that you hope to get 40 players. Are you, are you pretty close to those numbers? Uh, we we had to, you know, we we did get to the forty member mark. Uh, actually, I think we were about forty four at one point. Um, and then as you know, we all know life happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. you had people move away, new jobs. Um, you know, they found out that you know football just wasn't for them, maybe, and you know decided that. Uh, that they couldn't do it. Uh, I, I, my, personally, I disagree with that. I don't think that's a matter of football is just not for them. But you know, that's that's how they felt about it. Um, you know, and we were kind of expecting that to happen. Maybe not as many people fall off as what did. Uh, but right now, we're right about thirty players. So uh, okay, so uh, you're going to stay D- Division Three? Then you're not going to move up to Division Two. No, 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 no. We're just going to try to uh, hold that that roster limit at that Division Three level. Okay. So I got a question now for both you and Donita. Okay. And I want to kind of dig into this. Okay. So are you looking to pass more this season? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> last we talked, that uh, you kind of more were running, rushing quarterback, and so I wanted to ask if you guys were planning on. Uh, so how how does how does the roster look this year for for catching and for running and uh, looks you like we're going to have about three good running backs. Uh, we got uh, Jamie Lott coming back from last year. This is going to be her second season. She rushed for over 500 yards last year. Uh, we got a couple of rookies that are looking pretty good too. Janika Watts. Uh, we're looking from a lot from her. 
uh, Ashley Crawford. She's a little um, speed demon out there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, every, everything as far as rushing the ball is going to be fine. Uh, Jashara Burns is coming back. She was our leading rusher last year. So that, that part of it is going to be fine. But now we've got some, you know, a little bit more talent on the outside. People can catch the ball, run some routes. Uh, Donita has been been working on her arm. Uh, we also have a young lady, Tessa Marsh, we think is going to be a, a pretty good quarterback one day that we're going to work in there. Uh, one or two drives a game. Uh, as far as catching the ball, you know, looking at Stacey Dykstra, uh, Lachey shoot. I think she's going to have a huge year, a couple of tight ends, uh, you know, uh, it's CC Harris. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I, I really, I'm, I'm very excited to get out there and, and see what we've got put together. Uh, we've got a scrimmage we've got set up with, uh, the Hampton roads, lady Gators in February. So we're really, really looking forward to that seeing what we can do with those guys. So has your arm been feeling pretty good, Donita? Yes, I went and got my first massage yesterday <laughs> and was told that, <laughs> oh, yeah, I could right? tell this. Yes, yeah, I was like, I was told by her, like, uh, I could tell that you're a quarterback because, boy, it is super tight over here on your right arm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that that's my throwing arm. But um, she loosened it right up, so I probably had my best throwing ever on Sunday for after I got my good massage. But uh, <laughs> I've been uh, yeah, getting it go- going pretty good. I've been uh, working with myself and working with our uh, backup quarterback that we have, which I'm, I'm glad we actually have a, a, a decent backup quarterback this year. Uh, she's got a, a really good arm on her. We just got to get her, her feet work, you know, in place and a little bit better and, and, and get the, the calls uh, down with her because our, our quarterbacks call the plays. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't come from the it doesn't come from the sideline. The quarterback calls all the plays. So, gotta get her straight with the lingo. You know, when you're motioning left or right, you know that that kind of stuff. But other than that, she's uh, she's pretty good competition for me. You know, I, I get out there and and try to beat her throwing every time. But <laughs> hopefully, I can uh, stay in the pocket this year. Uh, let her do the running because she's. She's, she's got some wheels on her, and she can run a lot faster than I can. But, you know, you the, the hope is to – huh? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if you think you'll be playing more of a defensive end or staying more as quarterback. Oh, no, I'm playing defense this year. I'm, uh, I'm the starting defensive end this year since I've basically worked my knee back from having ACL surgery. So – I'm happy to get back out there on defense this year. I, I missed it all last year, so this time I actually get to play on both sides of the ball, which I like to do. Oh, good. That's good that you're, you know, you guys are getting the roster and kind of working it. What about your offense and defense? How is that looking this year? I'd say the defense is quite a bit ahead of the offense at this point, uh, which is not <laughs> not not too surprising because uh, we just have a bunch of really aggressive ladies who like to get after it out there, uh, and we know that you can you can be a little bit wild on defense at times, and all offense have a little bit more discipline, and uh, that's something that we're 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 still working on. We're still working on that. Uh, we are young. Uh, we got a lot of first-year players, so that's, you know, obviously going to be an obstacle, but that's not something that we're going to lean on as an excuse. You know, their first game of the year is against the team that put us out of the playoffs last year. 
Cincinnati sizzle, and uh, we, we got to be ready. You know, the WFA must uh, must really think a lot of us to, you know, first game of the year, put us two teams together. But uh, we're going to be ready for that challenge, just like I know Cincinnati's going to be. And, uh, you know, these, these ladies are ready to get after it. So you did get your schedule then. So Cincinnati is your first team. How, how does your schedule look this year? It's one of those schedules that, you know, we got a lot to prove, you know, and, and mm-hmm. every week is an opportunity to do that. You know, we start off with Cincinnati, which is tough, and then a couple of uh, games against local teams the next two weeks, Huntsville and Knoxville. Um, so, you know, it's kind of got to win your area first. So that's that's what those games are. And of course, the Knoxville game, uh, us and them, only two teams in the state of Tennessee. So that's kind of for bragging rights there. Uh, Derby City, we've got them twice. They're always a tough, uh, tough team to play. We've got the defending national champions, Arkansas. Uh, we were very excited to play against those guys down in Little Rock. Uh, got Tier Two team, Carolina Phoenix, on the schedule. So we got a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity. I look up and down every week. I see opportunity. Now, how does that affect you when it comes to winning losses? Like, let's just say somebody has pretty much an easier schedule and then you played like a division two or division one, how, how, how detrimental would that be for it's you when it comes to playoffs? No. Uh, you know, to, to me, the tier three teams need to be playing up. They need to be playing against these tier one and tier two teams just to see the level of talent that these teams have it makes you a better team. We played against Atlanta last season and uh, we were a better team for it. We were a better team for it. So I, you know, every one of these smaller teams needs to, needs to be playing a bigger team in my opinion. Does, is that know, how it's looking? They... Yeah. Forget about the rankings oh. or anything like that. You know, you're, you're pretty much, you're going to take a loss. You know what I'm saying? I, we're not going to take 20 <laughs> girls to Atlanta and, 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 and play against their 60 and expect to win by, by 35 points. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we can be yes. competitive. We can be competitive. We can go out there. We can play our game and, uh, and, and learn, you know, each snapping games like those are a learning experience. Uh, so, you know, to me, it's just, you're going to be a better football team for having go out and, and challenge yourself and play that type of competition. Yes, I agree. Now, what about your special teams? How much do you actually focus on special teams? This year we've been putting uh, quite an emphasis on it. That was definitely a weak spot last year, um, and we do not want that to be the same thing this year. So we, we've been putting an emphasis on it. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it, you know, come to find out is just, you know, knowing what the what to do out there. A lot of times they, they want to use it as an opportunity to take a break, you know, and when you've got a smaller roster that I guess that's you, you get to the third and fourth quarter, you kind of start looking for those, those chances to get a little breather here and there. And, you know, it's my job to, to not let up, not let them let up on it. So we've definitely put a, a much greater emphasis on it this year. And I expect to see a lot of improvement. Now I do, do you practice more the field goal kicking the, to utilize that more in, in the game time? Yeah, we we are planning on, you know, doing a lot more uh, extra point kicks. You know, uh, hopefully we'll be punching in an end zone quite a bit. We won't have to go for three, but if we have to, 
we feel like we've got a pretty good kicker this year. She came down from the uh, the Portland Fighting Phillies, or Fighting Shockwave, I guess that they are now. Yes. Uh, she's going to be uh, Tasha Mitchell. She's going to be our kicker. Uh, feel real good about her. And then, you know, in the return game, we're going to we're probably going to be relying on about a handful of people, you know, to to return kicks. So it's it's one of those things that. Uh, you know that that nobody has separated themselves at, at this point at, at that particular position. So we're we're going to go into the, uh, the first game of the year probably use about four or five people to return kicks. So it should be interesting. So last season, how many times were you actually close enough to kick a, a field goal? Were you very close a lot of times? I mean, against Huntsville, every time we had the daggum ball, we could have kicked a field goal. Yes, we played on their end of the field the whole game, so. We really, we probably could have done it every single drive against them, but uh, you know, you, you find yourself in that position, you know, three or four times a ball game, and you know, if, if it's a matter of you have to go for it on fourth down versus taking points, I'd much rather take the points, but you know, you do what you got to do. Now, was that because you guys weren't working too much on special teams, and and that's why you didn't really go for the field goal? Yeah, I mean, we just didn't have a kicker last year. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, I, I think okay. that that was the big hindrance right there. We just didn't have anybody that could put it to the upright. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I ask is because you know you finished with five and three, and I just wonder if those extra field goals would have made the difference. No, because in our losses we got beat <laughs> something like uh, 130 to six. So I'm pretty sure field goals wouldn't have mattered too much. <laughs> nope. So Donita, so how does the team look looking for you as far as uh, overall? What what you see with the workouts from the girls? Um, overall, um, the the team is looking pretty good. Uh, we have a group of girls this year that have decided to put in a lot of extra work on themselves. Um, They practice in small groups together on days when we don't have practice. Um, They'll uh, send each other messages, hey, you want to go out here and practice snaps today? Or, hey, you want to go out here and, and, you know, practice routes and and get some extra work in, Uh, which is, is always a great thing to have with a team because, you know, that, you know, they're taking it seriously and they're trying to, hone their skills better so when they come back out onto the field they can you know show coach hey you know I've, I've been practicing on this or you know I, I've, I've been you know putting in the work uh, as far as as trying to be you know a more efficient player uh, a, a lot of our girls have gone out and bought their own ladder you know so they can work on work on their footwork and 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 get their their feet quicker you know, to to be a better player. Um, a lot, of, like you said, a lot of the girls that we have there um, are a lot of our new ones. They are some are are new. You know, they're they're kind of young. And then we have some players from um, who's from other teams that have have played um, a couple of years uh, far back. Um, we had a we got like a handful of girls that used to play on a team here in Nashville called the Tennessee Heat. Um, I think that was back when it, the the WPFL league was around. Yeah. I think that's who it was. Yeah, yeah they uh, they came was. from the Tennessee the Tennessee Heat. So uh, you know they they they're it's almost like they're learning football all over again because the Heat they're 
that whole league kind of ended years ago. So, you know, it, we're getting them, you know, back out there, getting them back to learning what they need to do. Uh, a lot of the girls there probably not in the same positions that they were playing with on the heat. So, you know, it's, it's a, a different learning experience for them. So, um, with that, with our returning players, like he said, you know, it's year two, they're just as excited as they were at year one. So, you know, uh, they're bringing their experience that they have learned and teaching the, the newer, younger girls that, you know, hey, just because you messed up, you, you know, pick yourself back up and get it on the next play. You know, they, yes. they don't, you know, a lot of times with the younger ones or the, the newer ones, they tend to get a little bit frustrated, you know, and I'm like, there's, mm-hmm. there's no point to get frustrated because we have got like two hours of football to play and <laughs> I, 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 you're going to be frustrated, but I, I need you to, you know, be frustrated about this one play and, and move to the next play. And, and, and that way we can keep progressing down the field, but they're, the the newer girls and and what the ones returning they're they're quick they're they're football smart and I always love a football smart player it's it's mm-hmm. it's easier to 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 work with them you know you don't have to you know step by step hold their hand and and tell them everything that they need to do they kind of you know can figure it out on their own so they're it's it's a good thing that a lot of them are are football smart um uh, the the only thing that I I could say that I, I have to tell my girls is you know, you're not Tom Brady. You know, it's, you're out there. You know, I'm like you're out there saying stuff that you know. I'm like this. This is this isn't the NFL. You don't have to tell your receiver to check the girl and make sure she's off the line. You know, you're standing right there. You can tell it yourself. You know, you see her. Or you know, uh, uh, my, I love my my backup quarterback, but like I tell her, I'm like, hey, you know. We're going to have to work on going on the two or three. You can't just yell out, you know, tell them, hey, we're going on two. And they've been going on one all this time. And, and then, you know, you're sitting there wondering, like, well, why'd they snap the ball? You know, you got you to gotta work your, your way up to those things. You know, it's not just something that you can just throw out there at them. Not saying they can't go on two, but, you know, it's like get them going on one first and, and then we'll work going on two. So, you know, it's just like, you know, it, I, I know you've seen football on TV. You know, I, I know you watch football, but you've got to understand you've got newer girls out here, and they just might not understand what you want them to do. So you're going to have to kind of dial it down a little bit. But other than that, you know, they they they're gelling together pretty good. Uh, actually, very good. You know, we try to do a lot of team activities as a group so people can get to know each other better. Um, we, you know, everybody's you know, group messaging each other, you know, keeping up with stuff and, you know, not just in football, but also outside of football, you know, that way you're taking more of an interest and it's not a thing of, I only speak to you because we're on the football team, you know. It sounds like you have a more confident team this year. We do. We we really do. Last year, you know, we did have a confident team. Um, It was just, it was more of a, we had all played together for like a while. You know, so it was, you know, we were, we were more comfortable team, you know, not, not necessarily not confident, but more comfortable playing with each other. But with uh, the newer girls that we got coming in that have taken the place of, of the ones that either moved and we had a couple that went back to school, you know, so their schedules were all tied up. 
you know, they're, they're a lot more aggressive, you know, they, they're ready to get out there and, and, and show what they can do and, and what they've learned. They have what the kids call swag. <laughs> so is there anything you want to leave us with about, about your team, about your tryouts, about what's coming up? I mean, look look out for us in 2018. I, I, I'm thinking that it's going to be a very big year for the Music City Misfits. Uh, you know, we want to end it there in Atlanta, uh, raising a trophy, and uh, we're, we're putting that work in to make that happen. So be on the lookout. We will. And why don't you give us your website, your Facebook, and your Twitter account? Check us out at www.musiccitymisfits.com. We are on Facebook slash Music City Misfits. Twitter, I think it's Music City Misfits, all one word. Instagram, YouTube, uh, Wikipedia. No, I, I don't know. I think we need to get the <laughs> Wikipedia thing going. I'm not sure. Hell. <laughs> but before you go, I want to I wanna play play something, okay? you gotta You got to listen to this. Okay. Okay. I, I love this guy's voice. The Big Four, a physical education book written by Coach Anthony Stone, can be purchased through the following locations, Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, and Kobo. Now, who Man, is that? who, who got the that? sexy voice over there? Man. Wow. Who's that guy? Ooh-wee. Mm. I wanted to play that because I wanted to thank you. That's the voice of head coach Don Rags. Ragsdale. So I wanted everybody to hear that. So I'll probably be playing that on the show <laughs> along with Coach Stone Podcast. <laughs> but I want to thank great. you hey. for coming on the – what's that? I said, hey, it sounds great. I, I really – I enjoyed doing that for you. Yeah. There'll probably be more to come. <laughs> Just let me know. Okay. I'm ready for it. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking my tea and my lemon and honey. I'm, I'm getting ready for it. Okay. Got to talk that to my voice good. coach. <laughs> you getting a paid gig, you know? Hey. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Donita. Thanks, Coach Don. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, no Thank problem. You Thank so you. Much. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye. Okay, that was head coach Don Ragsdale and Donita Hines of the Music City Misfits. And it looks like we have Randall on the line. Hey, Randall. Hey, how's it going? How's it? Oh, pretty good. Everybody, this is Randall Fields of the NADF, the, the North American Development Football. So, Randall, tell me about this. So, when did you decide to, to start this? Uh, well, it's been a thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, for several years, just wasn't sure about the feasibility or the timing, if it was right yet, or um, if there was going to be a, a need or a desire for this brand of football yet. Um, but after looking and, and talking with a lot of friends that are still in women's football, uh, we felt that the timing was probably right uh, it's been almost 20 years since the barnstorming tour. And as much as women's football has grown, uh, more teams than there's ever been before, uh, three major leagues, uh, but there were still what we saw 
issues plaguing uh, the adult women's football. Uh, the competition level in some areas has stepped up, and in other areas it's just kind of plateaued, I guess is the best word. So looking at it, we're looking, you know, there's all different kinds of players at the women's game. There are ones who have dreamt about football. There's ones who have been athletes at other levels, uh, whether it be high school or college, uh, that are all kind of intermixed. And, you know, that that is a great thing. I, I love to see that the sport, to a certain degree, has, has really grown. But it's still missing key elements that the male counterpart is. And one of them is a pipeline of new and fresh girls. Now, there are new and fresh girls coming in, but it could be a lot more. It could be a lot more regular. Uh, what we're trying to do with the NADF is provide a structured uh, regiment for these players from 14 to 18. Now, I know there's leagues out there that are doing younger girls, and that's all great, nothing wrong with that but we felt there needed to be a little bit more of an immediate uh, influx of athletes coming into women's football. And so 14 to 18 are the ideal ages because one to four years they're going to be coming into being adults and maybe they still want to play football. And still to this day, almost 20 years later, there are still people in cities that don't know women play full contact football. Mm-hmm. So give us a little background now, um, mm-hmm. how, how you plan on proceeding with this. Uh, right now what we're going to be scheduling, right now we are bringing in state commissioners, uh, four teams per state. We're going to concentrate mostly on the larger cities. Uh, that's where the largest concentration of, pop, of people are, and by you know common sense, that's where there's going to be more kids to play this brand of football. Now, there are a lot of girls out there at the high school level to be respected and and admired for what they're doing. They're playing alongside the boys. Uh, But, again, when you look at those positions that they're playing, it's either a kicker or a quarterback, Uh, the two most protected uh, positions in football. Now, granted, a quarterback does get hit, but they don't get hit on a regular basis uh, where, like, your offensive line and defensive line is. These will be all-girl teams, meaning they will tackle and be tackled by other girls. And we feel there will probably be a lot more girls interested in playing full-contact football when they're playing against other girls. This is not to be mistaken with powder puff. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. But this is going to be the same regiment that the boys are doing. All of our coaches, head coaches, I should say, will be required to be state certified and in good standing uh, with the association uh, for head coaches in their state. Assistant coaches don't have to be, but we would prefer they have some sort of uh, actual high school uh, a coaching uh, training or uh, experience uh, with themselves. Referees, of course, can be all state certified referees. Uh, for that game, we feel that with the girls running the same regiment as the boys, they practice, the boys are practicing five days a week, the girls are practicing five days a week. If the 
uh, team is, uh, boys are practicing two, three hours each one of those days. Then the girls do the same thing. Boys hit the weight rooms, girls hit, hit the weight room. We are looking to duplicate the exact same regiment. So for one to four years, when those girls get get ready to graduate, we're going to go a step further, and we are going to introduce these women when we find out if they're going to college here, college there, they're staying in this city, staying in that city, and we're going to let them know, regardless of league affiliation, these are the teams that are in that area, and then we're going to follow up by contacting those teams and seeing if those girls have reached out to them and have been going to tryouts. This way, these girls are introduced and are, you know, they're not just left out there to haphazardly bump into a team. Uh, we want to make sure they make those contacts so that way they can work their way onto those teams. Okay, so you mentioned that in the in the press release that so each state will have a minimum of four teams and you're going to compete Correct. with for six six game schedule. So how do you expect yep. to get those four teams each state, and who do you have uh, so far? Right now, as far as state commissioners, sorry, my coming down with a little bit of a cold, so my throat's not. Uh, a little scratchy tonight. Uh, we have a state commissioner in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Missouri, and Arkansas in Region 1. Uh, we have interest from five states in Region 2, which would be Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Uh, region 3 has uh, a state commissioner in New Mexico. We have interest uh, in Utah, and we have Colorado. Uh, state commissioner there and then in region four we have Michigan Ohio and Mississippi and we've got interest in two other states from the uh, fourth region we're hoping to be able to outfit uh, like I said four teams a maximum of 50 players uh, per team again like you said play each other twice so that's a six game schedule top two teams play for a state championship and then from there, the state champions in each region have the option to progress further. They, if they choose not to, then that is their choice. If they're happy with a state championship, fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, no penalty for not moving on. The remaining teams that do want to advance will get paired up uh, until we have the two region champions face each other for a conference championship, and then the two conference champions will face each other for a national championship if we have enough participation uh, between the uh, four regions. Mm-hmm. So realistically now, you, you plan on kicking off mm-hmm. in summer of 2019. Realistically, how many teams do you think in different states you'll have to start? Realistically, our minimum is we could actually make this all function and work if we had just one state with four, uh, four teams. Uh, not the most ideal situation, but we can still play a full season. We would just end up with a state champion. And then the next year we would hope that uh, by people seeing this done, that there would be more interest. But from the excitement of the state commissioners uh, and people we've been talking to, uh, former team owners, uh, former players, uh, this is going to – should take off fairly well. So we're hoping – somewhere in the vicinity of four, a minimum of four states uh, with four teams in each uh, state. Oh, okay. Now, I noticed you have some awards, 2019 award namesakes. Why don't you go through that list and, and tell us what that's each going to be? 
Okay. Uh, our first one, uh, and I've, I'm going off of memory here because my computer is not exactly fully working at this moment, but uh, Holly Custis uh, will be uh, one of the award recipients. Uh, Kenyatta Grigsby will lend her name to the uh, Running Backs Award. Uh, see here, uh, Jennifer Hirakawa, who uh, was with the Iowa Thunder. She's uh, we've resurrected her name to uh, to be an award. Um, see here, Laura Cantu from the Wildcats has loaned her name to us for our Quarterbacks Award. Uh, Liz Sowers has uh, graciously uh, accepted to loan her name uh, to our uh, Wide Receivers Award. Uh, Mert Davis from the uh, St. Louis Slam has also agreed to uh, loan her name for our for an award at the end of the season. Uh, we are going to have a couple other awards, uh, mostly for uh, teams. We are going to honor some adult uh, players, mainly uh, the Minnesota Vixen. Uh, it's going to be our Barnstormers uh, Award, and that's going to be a team award and then we are going to uh, honor our history, and we are going to have the Trooper Award, which will be uh, named after the Toledo Troopers uh, for the earlier eras, and we will honor both those teams. Now, with these recipient awards, uh, the uh, people who have loaned their names, for the first year when the players get their awards, the namesakes will also get the same award, and we're hoping that we can get them all together at the end of the season, and they will be the ones to present those girls with their awards. We want to be able to connect this new generation of female football players with the current adult football, but we also want to acknowledge and let them know their history and all the women and coaches and players who paved the decades before this current incarnation honor them and also make them aware of that history and the sacrifices that they made in order to play the sport that they love today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of looking through this article that you had. You said um, that officials and head coaches are going to be, must be certified. What is, what are you going to, how mm-hmm. are you going to enforce that? Well, when they uh, come into the organization, say a state commissioner, uh, they have to send us the current certification letter or certificate that they hold in that current state. When we get that, we will be calling that state organization and verifying that the document is accurate before we tell any coach that they've been officially hired. Also, since we are working uh, with children, uh, I'm a father myself, three kids. I've been a foster parent, so I know the system. Uh, It is our duty as staff uh, to make sure that these children are as safe as possible. Uh, We encourage participation from the parents, uh, but what we will also be doing is doing background checks on any volunteer that comes into and works with these children. What about the the name of of the teams? Now, how did you guys decide how you're going to be choosing names for teams? (laughs) Well, that's been an evolving process. Um, When I very first started this, you know, uniforms, this would look very much like an all-star team. Um, they won't, the whole team itself won't be representing one school. 
what they'll be representing is uh, their school, per se, each player. So when players come on board and they're practicing, their uniforms will all look the same. They'll look like normal football uniforms, but they will be allowed to wear the helmet and colors of their high school that they go to school on. We have talked with uh, area schools around here so far. Nobody seems all that ups, you know, concerned. They're willing to donate a set of uh, decals for each player that comes from that school. So, you know, you're going to see different colored helmets. You're going to see different logos on their helmets. This allows them to have pride in their school and show that out on the field. Okay, so, so mascots, each still have the same uniforms. So yeah, what you're saying is they're going to have with their helmets. Okay, yep. so their helmets going to be different. So people, girls come from ten different high schools. They're going to have ten different helmets. Is, is that going to be hard for the yep. For the oh, other team, the yeah, opponents. No, as I say, would that wouldn't that be a little hard to see all those different color helmets? Well, it's worked at the Pro Bowl. It's uh, it's worked at the Senior Bowl. It's worked at at one time when they had the Shrine Bowl uh, for high school. Uh, those All-Star games all do the same thing. They have the same color uniform, but their helmets are representative of the schools that they have or that they're at. Okay. So if these girls were playing high school at the, at the, you know, for whatever the high school version of uh, an All-Star game is now, they'd be doing the same thing. So they would have to still be able to learn, look for the color, look for the number, you know, uh, rather than looking at the, the color of the helmet. Mm-hmm. And, and the boys have to do it, you know, no special treatment. The girls would have to do, learn the same things that the boys learn. And, so is there and it can that be we, learned. Was there something that we haven't covered uh, in this interview mm-hmm. that, that you want to stress about the NADF? Uh, just basically, you know, I, I know there's other leagues that have – uh, sprouted up across the United States. I've heard Utah. I've I've heard uh, out east, um, and and we want to work with them. That's the other thing with this league. We are not indigent to association to one particular league over another. We will promote all three leagues. We will work with all the teams because these girls, when they graduate and they move into the adult. We want to see them progress and play football. It doesn't matter if they're playing for the USWFL, the WFA, or the IWFL. Overall, we should all have the same ultimate goal, is furthering the sport of women's football. Leagues may come. Leagues will go. Teams may come. Teams will go. It's an ever I've sat here since 99, and I've seen great teams come and go. I've seen not-so-great teams come and go. But the sport itself is what's important, and that's what we're wanting to do. We want to give back to the sport of women's football. Whatever team they decide to play on or whatever league they decide to play on, that's up to them. We're going to still root for them regardless. Mm-hmm. Now, it looks like you're looking for uh, state commissioners. So how would somebody go about, yes. let's just say, that they're interested? How, what, what's the requirements, first of all, and what do they need uh, to we do? We would prefer – we would prefer that these state commissioners have actual hands-on experience in women's football. Uh, I don't want some guy or some lady coming in who's never dealt with women's football but just recently heard about it and thinks, you know, I can be a state commissioner. No, we want women who 
have actually been out on the field or ran a team uh, as far as a women's team, that is our preference because these girls can relate and connect to them. And on top of it, it just since they know how to how the inner workings of women's football goes on, it's best that we that they have that type of knowledge and experience when dealing with these young ladies who are wanting to venture out and learn how to play full contact football. So, what would their and, that job entail? Uh, they help coordinate with us as far as finding football fields. Uh, they coordinate with us uh, in scheduling the uh, the combines, and these combines are evaluation combines. These are not combines to test to see who gets cut and who doesn't. Uh, these are evaluation type uh, things. So they help coordinate with that, and we also work with them if there's anything that they need for, like, the insurance, uh, anything that they need as far as uh, banners, uh, you know, promotional stuff to get the word out. We will send out press releases. Uh, if we have emails, and we're searching now for emails for uh, the major newspapers, so we can get that out. So they pretty much kind of oversee, but they coordinate with the league when we're set, uh, excuse me when we're setting all this up. Mm-hmm. Most I'm of the work is. Your... Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, um, let's see where mine was going on. Uh, but they just they most of their work is done in the preseason. Once the season starts, the commissioners really their job is pretty much done until there's the end of season league meeting. Um, so you know we're running through the summer to see how this how this all plays out and works out. Uh, we may get into that summer and find out you know summer's really not going to work for us. So we're going to be looking at either spring or uh, fall see what schools, uh, uh, what sports are going on in those seasons as opposed to what's going through summer. But the main reason why we chose the summer is we're not wanting to interfere with the regular uh, academic or athletic uh, curriculum that each high school has. We want to be able to build a relationship with those schools so that way, you know, we we get the best out of the athlete that's uh, playing for us without disrupting anything at school or at home. So has there been a lot of uh, positive reinforcement from the schools that want to get more involved in this? Uh, The schools have been receptive to it. Again, for at least for my area, this is relatively new. I mean, they hear about, you know, women or girls playing on the boys' teams. Uh, They're just unsure. They, they, They haven't watched the women's game like I have or, you know, people who are listening to the show, uh, they're just not aware that it's as popular as it is. Um, We're wanting to show the school something different. We're wanting to show them that this is popular. This is how many adult women's teams that are are across the United States. And whether they know it or not, there are teams in their backyards. And we're just – again, wanting to be able to further the sport and make people more aware, which I know is, you know, women in the adult uh, women's football, they're trying to do the same thing. So if we can build that awareness alongside them and be able to, like I said, offer that structure training, that pipeline for the adult women's football, I think it will build more awareness. Let people know how they can get a hold of you, how they can follow what's going on 
with the Development Football League. Okay. Right now we're on Facebook uh, at North American Development Football. Uh, they can email me directly at nadfnation at hotmail.com, uh, or they can contact me at 712-592-0676. Uh, right now we are working on a website, but th- we're still pretty much at our beginning stages, and I didn't want to put up a website that had very little content on it. We want to make sure when we do launch our website that there is plenty of content for uh, for the young ladies to be able to research and look at, and for the teams, any potential state commissioners or staff that want to come on board and work with us, we want to make sure that the con- that the website is is full and has a lot of diversity for them to be able to read through. Great, great. Thank you, Randall, for coming on the show and, and educating our listeners about the North American Development Football. Uh, we'll Not be sure to you know follow up and find out what else is going on, and and be sure to follow you on Facebook. Not a problem. And as soon as we start getting ready to schedule and are starting to schedule our uh, our combines, uh, we'll make sure and reach out to you guys and uh, to your show and uh, give you guys updates. Great, great. Thanks so much, Randall. Not a problem. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye now. Okay, that was Randall Fields of North American Development Football. You can follow him on Facebook at North American Development Football. If you have any questions, you can email him at nadfnation at hotmail.com, or you can call him directly at area code 719-592-0676. And what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes, so that way you guys can come back and check out that. So I'll put it in the show notes below where the uh, tags are. I'll, I'll enter all that. And I also want to thank Coach Don Ragsby-Dale, and Donita Hines of the Music City Misfits. Thank you for coming on the show, and I want to thank all listeners for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow night for the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. Uh, He'll be talking the part two series of commitment and dedication for players over the age 30. Okay, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.